Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that it's well with our souls because you're on the throne. You're our Lord. You are the sovereign. And we can trust your love and your wisdom in all things. Steady our hearts, Lord God, as we enter this new chapter of what it means to be abiding harvest. As we break out from under the umbrella of what has been the United Methodist Church, Father, and we seek to be faithful and biblical, both in doctrine and in practice. Lord, we don't do that because we're proud or we think we're better than anybody else. We do that because that's the way of faithfulness, and that's what you deserve. And so, Lord God, we thank you for this progress in releasing us towards a greater faithfulness and a greater fruitfulness in you. Be with us every step of the way. Keep us from misdirection. Keep us from distraction. Keep us from missteps that we might walk out your will for us, both individually and as a body in this place. Lord, we pray that we always live and love in such a way that we bring you glory. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as many of you know, we did vote this last week to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church at a uh, resounding 99.4%, which is pretty amazing. What an incredible statement of unity uh, amongst our people. So for, for us, the step forward is not troubled with, with division and strife within. The step forward is just one of affirming the direction that God has given us. Thank God for that. Now, it is just starting the process. The process won't be complete. We hope it will be complete on October the 21st when our annual conference will vote to release us according to our request and according to our meeting about five or six other different conditions which really amount to a lot of work. Some of it's legal. Uh, incorporating not as Abiding Harvest United Methodist Church, Inc., but as a new entity, Abiding Harvest Church, and as you live in this body, you will probably notice hardly any change whatsoever. In fact, I think there's only one cross and flame that we have to take down on all the campus. Uh, it's like find Waldo. If y'all can find it, you let me know. Okay. Uh, but we'll handle all those kinds of things. We'll make sure our roles are up to date. We'll uh, do several different things in order to set the new church up properly in order to uh, um, leave records for the church we've been behind. There's a lot that's going to go on, a lot of legal preparation. We'll have to get a new EIN number and, and all those kinds of things. So a lot of legal stuff, a lot of procedural stuff, a lot of financial stuff. We do have to pay some exit fees, which are considerable. We don't know exactly how much they're going to be, but we know the ballpark is probably going to be around a half a million dollars. So it's going to be significant. Our finance committee has already done advance work to make sure we have a loan to cover it until we as a congregation can live into that, all right? Um, but it's cost others far more than that to be faithful. Amen. And uh, so we're, we're happy to do that if it opens the way for us to be uh, more faithful in, in how we serve him here and how we're free to serve. Now, once we are approved for um, disaffiliation, we will be then thereafter an independent church, 
a non-denominational church unless we choose sometime in the years to follow that we want to become a part of a denomination again. Right now, there's a little flinch factor involved in that for me. Uh, we think it might be wise to wait, let the dust settle, and then decide if that's in the best interest of the kingdom if we unite formally with some other denomination. We'll always work together with other churches here. We always have. Uh, we worship together with 10 or 15 other churches, usually once a month now that COVID's over. Um, we always work with the body of Christ wherever the body of Christ is at work, and that'll never change. But some of our formal relationships going forward uh, will determine over the next several years. Uh, but thank God that he's opened this door uh, for us to step into greater faithfulness now. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. Well, we're talking in here uh, over the last several weeks about uh, fulfilling our calling. Our calling is believers, and our calling is disciples. And it's interesting that in one of those primary passages that we're looking at, Ephesians 4, in the midst of all this calling, all of us are called and each of us are gifted, Paul makes this point that all of us are to mature into the fullness of Christ. We're no longer to be children tossed here and there by winds and doctrines. Hello. We're no longer to be children. We're to mature. We're to grow into the fullness of Christ. That means to have his heart in everything we do, to be like him in all that we do and in all that we are. And we come to this table. Well, this table. You have the elements with you today. In part to say, Lord, make us more like Jesus. Amen. And that's just a part of maturing as a Christian. Maybe you remember my story about these kids. One hamburger, they call into the kitchen. Mom, mom, is it mine or is it his? Well, kids, what would Jesus do? And, of course, Jesus would sacrifice and allow his sibling to have the burger. So the little guy looks at his sister and he says, You be Jesus. <laughs> you be Jesus. It's amazing how sometimes it's the sacrifices in life that separate those who will follow from those who won't. But if we're growing to be more like him, he's always worthy of it all. Worthy of it all. So Lord Jesus, as we partake of your table today, sometimes it's easy to serve you because it's really of advantage to each of us. We get blessed. But sometimes there's places in life, Lord, where to serve you means that there's a cost to it. And Father, even then, may we be those who say, may it be worthy of our Christ. Live within us, Lord Jesus, by ourselves. It's so easy to turn to those around us and say, you be Jesus. But you called each of us. And as Paul prayed for us, Lord, help us to walk Worthy of the calling with which we've been called. Give us your heart. Your unflinching, faithful heart. 
to follow your every prompting, to obey your every command, to love you, Lord Jesus, not just in sentiment, but with our lives, with our decisions. We ask it in the name of your Son, who loved us so much, it's all worth it. On the night that he gave himself up for us, he took bread. And he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks to you, our Father, and he gave it to his disciples saying, Take, drink from this all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. For the forgiveness of sins, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord God, in remembrance of you, we do these things. We pray that you pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of juice and bread. Even as we partake of them, Father, and you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Fill us again, fill us afresh, fill us with Jesus. That we might walk in that kind of mature, strong self-giving, sacrificial love for those even of this world who are yet to know you. Help us to love all like you've loved us. In your holy name we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Would you join me in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.